Good evening. <clears throat> it, it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank everyone for being here with us uh, tonight. We want to thank you for making that choice and that decision to be here to study God's Word that Anytime we have the opportunity to study God's Word, we give the opportunity, the chance to open God's Word. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be benefited. We're going to be edified in our lives by the opportunity to study God's Word. It's also a wonderful time that we can get away from the world in this midweek service, that we can focus our hearts and our minds on worshiping God in truth and in spirit, that we can get together with brothers and sisters and all their smiling faces, that, that we have that, that family, that, that, that love, and we have the opportunity this week to be here tonight. And I hope that the study that we have tonight will be a benefit will be edifying unto you as it has uh, for, uh, for me. Uh, spoiler alert really quick, I don't have a map. I thought about putting a map of the United States or something up there and talking about that for a minute, but I don't really need a map tonight, so there's, there's going to be no map. So if you're looking forward to that, I apologize for, for, for not having a map tonight. But we are doing James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. We've uh, uh, been going through these chapter studies, and these, these chapter studies are broken down, so it's not really just one chapter at a time, and it's not really just going to be split up into two. There might be some overlapping as we get further along in the book of James, but we're, we're really taking the book of James and kind of breaking it down even further than just by chapter, but more, more like a topic. And here, James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, talks about how there should be no partiality. When it comes to God, when it comes to Jesus Christ, when it comes to his word and to his gospel, and we're going to see that here in James, James chapter 2. I'll have all the verses up here on the board as we go through these, uh, the, these verses here, and we study God's word together. And looking here at James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Before we, uh, we get into James chapter 2, uh, I want to go back to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 1, so that we can understand and remember who James' audience is and who he's, who he's writing to and who he's, who he's talking to here. It says, James chapter 1, verse 1, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. So he's talking to the twelve tribes that are scattered abroad. That's the twelve tribes of Israel. Now these are Christians that he's talking to. So you could think of it as, as Jewish Christians, but it's Jews that have come out of, 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 of being a Jew and are now a Christian and the things and the issues that they're going to. So as we go through chapter 2, he starts talking about the law like a little bit and the law of, of, of liberty there, and we're going to talk about that. But I think he's using some of those things that they know and that they understand to teach what's going on now in their congregation or in their church so that they can correct a problem or an error. So I wanted just to make sure we understood who it is that James is talking to, and it's the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. So first off here in James chapter 2, verse 1, the, the Bible says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. It says here that don't have the faith of Jesus Christ. Don't have that gospel, that word, and have partiality. Don't deal with people. Don't have respect towards people. And if you studied already, you'll see in this chapter, we're talking about the rich and the poor, but it's much more than that. But that, that's a little bit of the focus that James has here in James chapter 2 because I think that's one of the problems that they're having there in, in, the, in that place there. But it says there that don't have that faith, that good word, that Jesus Christ, that gospel, that freedom, and be partial with it and deal it out with who you want to deal it out with or treat people in a certain way. That as we spread that seed, it doesn't matter what ground is going on, we spread that seed around without respect of persons. You know, and it led me to James chapter, or sorry, Romans chapter 2. In Romans chapter 2, 
Paul is writing here to the Romans, and, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent, but uh, there's some people that, that think that Paul and James are writing about different stuff. They're not. It's all, it's, all, it's, it's all the same, and they're teaching the same thing here. In Romans chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, To them who, are patient, who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Verse 8, But unto them that are, are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of, of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. So as we see here, that is that, that, that what Paul is telling these Romans here, he's saying that those that are going to seek after good, those that are going to seek after righteousness or glory or honor or peace, that's what they're going to get. But it says those that are going about obeying unrighteousness and not obeying the righteousness of God or, or doing evil said that anguish and tribulation are going to come upon those souls. And guess what? It's to the Jew or to the Gentile. It doesn't matter. Is to the Jew first and then also the Greek. Whether you are doing good or you are doing wrong, you're going to have that to you. It says those that obey unrighteousness, you're going to have anguish. You're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. And God doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew and it doesn't matter if you're a Gentile. Same thing with doing good or obeying that righteousness. God is, is no respecter of person as we as children of God should not be respecter of persons. We should not be partial or have partiality. And as we look at this, we'll see that a lot of times that's the way humans want to be because we are fleshly people. We, you know, giving preference or honor to, uh, to somebody, that's, that's a fleshly thing. That's a human thing. But we should be children of God and God is asking us to go uh, against that fleshly human nature and be like him so back to our text here in james chapter 2 james chapter 2 verse 2 the bible says here for if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment and ye have respect to him that weareth the fine clothing and say unto him sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor stand thou here or sit here under my footstool are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judge, judges of evil thoughts. So it says here, if one of these people come into your assembly that has good fine clothing, that has gold rings that, that smell good or whatever it is, you want to you elevate that person. You want to say, hey, you come sit up, up here. I've got a spot for you right here. Because that's, that's a person that, that they are fawning over here. But then the poor person that comes in vile raiment or maybe doesn't smell so good or is in rags, we're, we're, hey, it's nice to see you. Could you stay back there, please? Could you just, as a matter of fact, could you just stay outside? We'll, we'll, we'll send you the sermon later or whatever it is. Do we treat people that way? That's, that's one of the issues that they're talking about here. It says if you do that, if you are partial to yourself, you're, that's evil thoughts. You're judges of evil thoughts. And it says God is no respecter of persons. You know, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 2 says, The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is maker of them all. You know, every human being is made in the image of God. Every human being, whether that is rich or poor, whether that is Jew or Gentile, doesn't matter what color your skin is, whether you are upper class or lower class or middle class, God is maker of all and God wants all to be saved. So how do we bring people in? Do we do it like this? 
that people come into our assembly and we treat them differently. And I'm not saying that we do that, but I think humans do that. I mean, it, it's a natural thing. If, if my favorite famous soccer player or your famous football player, whatever y'all watch, comes in, you may want to go see that person. But if some poor person comes in, you know, are you really going to want to shake that person's hand like you would shake the famous person's hand? God here is saying the gospel is for each one of those people. It's for everybody who comes to Jesus Christ. There's no partiality. There's no respecter of persons with God. The rich and the poor, God is maker of them all. So that's the issue. That's the problem that they have here. You know, the, so James is, is, is it's not, he's not lightening his rebuke, but he's, he, he's, he's understanding, my beloved brethren, hear this correction. Hearken or listen to me. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him? Now, can a rich man love God and become an heir of the kingdom? Absolutely. But if you recall, the poor are those ones that, that Jesus often taught about. If it, it reminded me of, of Luke chapter 16, where it talks about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man was not a nice man. The rich man was a bad man, so to speak. The rich man went to the lake of fire, right? Lazarus was a poor beggar. The only good thing that Lazarus had was that the dogs would lick his wounds and give him some small relief, but he was in Abraham's bosom when his time came. And there's a great gulf fix, and you couldn't get from one side to the other. Do you guys remember that story? That is depicted that that poor person was saved and the rich person is not. Why is that? And we're going to talk, talk about that here in just a moment. But the other thing is, if you recall that when Jesus was going about from town to town and from place to place teaching, who were the ones that were crying out to Jesus? It was the blind. And, and, and at that time, if you're blind, you're poor. The poor, the blind, the destitute, those that were, were naked and didn't have daily food, they were the ones that were crying out to Jesus Christ because what Jesus Christ offered was something that, that they desperately need. It's what everyone needs, but there was no earthly thing in their way. The poor were receiving that message of Jesus Christ extremely well because he offered eternal life, and there was no earthly business going on there. But a rich man has things in their way. The rich man has a snare. Do you remember the rich young ruler? How the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, good teacher. And he was a pretty good guy. He had a lot of things on his list that he could check. Yep, yep, yes, absolutely. And he wanted eternal life and he knew where to go to ask about it. But he coveted after his riches. And Jesus pointed that, pointed that, that out. He said, sell everything and, and you'll be good. And then follow me. And he, and, and he wouldn't do it. Could he have done it? Yeah. Can other rich people do that? Yes. But those riches can become a problem. But if you recall, those poor people, they are rich in faith. They want that message of Jesus Christ, and there's no earthly thing in their way. You know, in James chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, But ye have despised the poor. Do not the rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme the worthy name by the which ye are called? So it says here that you have despised the poor. You have put them down by your footstool, basically. I mean, that's basically like putting your foot on somebody. If, you, if that's a, an image that helps you understand what he's talking about here. And he says, but these rich people, they're the ones that are oppressing you. They're the ones that are drawing or dragging you before the judgment seats. They're the ones that are blaspheming the worthy name of Jesus Christ. That's the name in which they were called. And said, so those are the people that you are saying, here's, here's your spot. 
right, right up here, buddy. You got some money for us? Is that what's going on here in James chapter 2? Now, it's not that every rich person is like this, but this is what was going on with these people. And this is the issue that James is teaching them and talking to, to them about. And it, to me, it's a warning for us that being rich is a, it's a loose term. It depends on who you are on this earth and where, where, where you live. Everyone in this room is, is, is considered rich by a, a certain standard. And those riches can have us to fall into this type of state. You know, Paul warned about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 through 10, where he says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, is, is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's a rich young ruler, right? That, that's describing him right there. That those riches that we have, or, or, or those riches that, 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 that you can have, can, be, can lead you towards destruction. It can lead you towards erring in the faith. It says there that the love of that money, or coveting after that money, if you don't love that money, and you don't covet after that money, you can love God, and you can love Jesus Christ and be an heir of the kingdom of, of, of God. That's absolutely but to me, it's not, it's, this chapter goes deeper than just rich and poor, but I wanted to make that point here really quick that it is something that we should consider and be mindful of and, and be thinking about that those snares are there. We need to make sure that we step away from those snares, but that doesn't mean that those snares are not there. That the love of that money, the coveting after those riches. Continuing on in our chapter, it says here, James chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, If ye fulfill the royal law... According to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. So here's where we start talking about law, this law, and that law, and it could get confusing. Here it says, if ye fulfill the royal law, what is the royal law? The royal law is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That is the royal law. If you recall, that law was in the old law, absolutely, but it is in the new law too. Jesus Christ taught that thou shalt love, love thy neighbor as thyself, that that is, that that is one of the greatest commandments. So to me, that royal law is, is almost like an umbrella, so to speak, of all those things, that if you listen or, or if you look at the old law, it says the same thing, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And Jesus taught here in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 through 31, it says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. And that should sound very familiar because we just went through all that on Sunday mornings. That we study each one of those and how we should live those out in our lives. And it says here in verse 31, The second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So when you think of the royal law, this is the lens, so to speak, that you should view every person that you talk to whether they're rich or poor, in each situation you should love thy neighbor as thyself and you should use that royal law when you are going about spreading the word of God and that will make it to where you are not partial or that you do not have respect of persons if you are going by that royal law. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself because if you love the poor man like yourself, you want to put them down in their footstool. And if you love the rich man like yourself, you want to elevate them either. And we're going to get to that. That royal law, love Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself is something that we should think about and look through in all aspects of situations and opportunities that we have. James chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 here, the Bible says, But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are, 
and are convinced of the law as a transgressor. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So here James is teaching about par- partiality here. And, and where it says there, if, that, if you keep the whole law and offend at one point, you're guilty of all. I think he is, he is referencing the law of Moses there. But it says there that if you, that, that law said don't commit adultery and don't kill. But if you don't commit adultery but you do kill, guess what? You're still guilty. It doesn't matter whether you did this or, or, or not. If, if you showed partiality or you showed respect to the rich man and you put down the poor man, guess what? You're guilty is what it's saying here. You are not doing what God wants you to do. And it says there that if you have respect of persons, you commit sin. That's pretty clear to me. That if you are partial in your dealings with people and you are not spreading that gospel and that seed to all, then you are committing sin. And that is true. But it says here that you are also, if you have respect to persons and you're treating those rich or those poor or those Jew or Gentile back then in a certain way, you are destroying the opportunity for them to live with that law of liberty. You are destroying what the gospel can do for the rich as well as the poor. You're not giving them the opportunity to do as God wants you to do. You know, back in James chapter 1, as we studied with, the, with Brother Ian, James chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in, the, but the rich in that he is made low, because as a flower of the grass he shall pass away. So it says here that that law of liberty, that being a Christian, it says, let the poor brother or the brother of low degree be exalted because they have nothing. They have Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ will elevate them and exalt them on the same plane and they will have eternal life. It says the rich man, let him be humble. Let him use his riches towards the furthering of the gospel and let him see himself as an equal there. Don't elevate that person because that's also going to destroy their opportunity to live as God wants them to live. It says the rich, that he is made low, that he is humbled, and that the poor brother, the low, low, low degree brother, is exalted. And it says here in James chapter 2, verse 12, So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. What is the law of, of liberty? The law of liberty, liberty or freedom. It's the law of freedom. Free from what? Free from the old law. Free from the, the old law of sin and death to the new law of righteousness and freedom in Jesus Christ. But it says here that you should still speak, that you should still do, that you should be a hearer and a doer of the word, that you'll be judged by the law of liberty. You know, we have that freedom in Jesus Christ, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to be judged. It says here that we should act accordingly, that we should act as those that are living that law of liberty, that law of freedom, and that when we elevate the rich man or that we put down the poor man, we are destroying their opportunity to live in that freedom. You know, in James chapter 1, back in James chapter 1, verse 23 through 25, which Jason studied with us, it says here, for, for if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass or looking in a mirror. He's looking in a mirror, and he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. 
But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. So we're talking about the same thing, that perfect law of liberty, that's Jesus Christ. That's that freedom that Jesus Christ brings, that's Christianity, that's the gospel. That it says that if you are a hearer of the word and a doer of the word, then you're going to look at yourself in that mirror and not see poor and not see rich and not see Jew or see Gentile. You're going to see Christ. And when you see Christ, you're going to act accordingly. You are going to continue in that law. You're going to do those good works. You're going to do those things, and you will be blessed in your deeds. So that perfect law of liberty is what Christ gives us. And it goes against our nature. If we look into that mirror of that perfect law of liberty and we forget that and we go back to that fleshly human person, well, we're going to start showing partiality. That's our nature because humans are inclined to or gravitate towards those fruit of unrighteousness and not the fruits of righteousness. That is something that we have to work at, that we have to be diligent at. This might not be a problem for, for you, but it is for some people when it comes to, to this partiality. We must work at it. We must diligently work at it and understand that we should not act that way. You know, in Galatians chapter 2, which is a fascinating chapter, Paul confronts Peter. It almost makes you wish that you were there. That Paul goes to Peter and Paul says, you are showing partiality. Peter, you are, being, you are showing respect to the persons here. And Paul goes to him to, correct, to correct that issue. It says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to blame. Verse 12, For before that certain came from James, or certain people came, came from James, he did eat with, with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself fearing them that were of the circumcision. That's the Jews. Skipping down to verse 14, it says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not do as, as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? So what Peter was doing, and Barnabas and other people were, were, caught, up, were caught up in it, were showing partiality that when those Jews came, they, they didn't hang out with the Gentiles. They hung out with the Jews because they, 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 they feared them. They, they were showing partiality there. And Paul is saying that's, that's not how the gospel works. It's saying that they did not walk uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. That those people in James, James chapter 2 that were treating the poor and the rich, they were not walking in the truth of the gospel. And it's something that needs to be corrected. So Paul corrected Peter, and, and I think Paul got it some. I think he understood. But if you continue to read after he rebuked Peter and showed him that he was doing wrong, in verse 20 of that same chapter is where Paul wrote, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, Paul is, is saying there, that even if we were that way, we're not that way anymore because that person is dead. We are crucified with Christ, so now we get to look into that perfect law of liberty and see Christ, and we get to act and treat people accordingly. It's that this flesh that wants to do fleshly things doesn't get to because that's dead. This flesh now lives for God, lives in faith by the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's us too, brothers and sisters. 
That's how we should act and how we should treat people. That when we think of acting that way, we remember that that person that wants to act that way is dead. Put it there and leave it there and walk according to the gospel. Now, ending here in James chapter 2, verse 13, the Bible says, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy. And mercy rejoices against judgment, or mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, when I think about judgment, especially when it comes to God, that's something that I do not want. I don't want judgment. Because if I got judgment, it would not be good for me. It would not be good for any of us. We want mercy. And it says here that, he will have judgment without mercy on those that show no mercy. We should show mercy. And that goes along with that poor or that rich. If you tell that rich person or that rich person is humbling themselves, that's mercy towards that person. If you're showing that poor person mercy, that's what God wants. And it says that mercy triumphs or rejoices over judgment. That we should show mercy to all. And I bookend Romans chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. I may not read it again, but if you recall, we read this at the first of our study. And it's the same here. It's like if you show good or if you obey that word of God, if you obey that righteousness, then glory, honor, and peace is going to be to those that are doing good. And John talked about doing good last Sunday. Well, that's what we're talking about here in Romans 2. That's what we're talking about here in James chapter 2. It says, God is no respecter of persons. It says here that to the Jew first and also to the Greek, those that do good will get good, and those that do not do good will get evil. And it says here in the same that those that show no mercy will not have mercy, and those that show mercy will get mercy. And it reminded me of, of Matthew chapter 5 as we close. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And as you read that verse, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. It's not the rich that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled, or the poor that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. It's any who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled, who come to Jesus Christ. There's no partiality there with God's word or God's filling with righteousness. This is blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. And that's what we just ended it there in, in our study in James chapter 2. That we be merciful. If we are merciful people, if we have that mindset, then, then we're going to be doing what God wants us to do. And we'll find out that we don't have that partiality or that respect of, of, of persons. That I hope that we are living that way in, in our lives. That, uh, tonight, if you feel that maybe you've had that problem or maybe there's another problem that you've had tonight, and, and you wish that the, the prayers of the, of the church, we, we, are, we are here to assist you with that. If you're not a child of God, understand that, that if you do hunger and thirst for righteousness, you can be filled, you can be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to rise and walk in newness of life, that you can have those blessings, you can have that glory, that honor, that peace that Jesus Christ gives to all. You have that opportunity to do so tonight. If there be anyone of either class, if you would please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.